Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Ladies, don't miss the Instant Asset Tax Rider. Essendon Renault Traffic Sales Event now on. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. What's the latest on the crowd situation? I'll get you up to speed on that and let you know what some of the big names in the game have been saying on SEN today. Dave Matthews, Paddy Dangerfield, Coaches Association CEO Alistair Nicholson, that and a whole lot more. Some injury updates as well. Your say on the news of the day. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had a cracking day, however you've been putting it in. one 736 is the number. Your say on the news of the day. That's the time on promise. Uh, 0433 is the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. And we do it all for our very good friends at Essendon. Renault traffic sales event is now on at Essendon GWM Havel. So Essendon GWM Havel tradies, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on 600 Mount Alexander Road. So obviously the biggest story of the day was we were going to try it. We were just eagerly anticipating this announcement from James Molino, the uh, acting Premier of Victoria. I'm also very pleased to announce that we'll be able to get crowds back to our biggest events. In the interest of providing more certainty wherever we can, the public health team have approved steps for the next two weeks. So from 11.59pm tomorrow night, outdoor stadiums can have 50% of the venue capacity, up to 25,000 people. This means that the A-League Grand Final can proceed with 15,000 people and the MCG can host 25,000 people. Indoor stadiums like John Kane Arena uh, can have 50% of the venue capacity, up to 5,000 people. So I know that's been welcomed by the NBL, it's been welcomed by the A-League. Uh, from the following week, commencing 11.59pm on the 1st of July and subject to public health advice, indoor and outdoor stadiums will be able to increase to 85% capacity. So that includes the MCG. Marvel Stadium and Amy Park. So Acting Premier James Molino today making the announcement about what we can expect for crowds this weekend because it's a huge weekend in sport, especially around Melbourne. Obviously with the A-League Grand Final happening, uh, the NBL Grand Final happening, well, it's Game 3 of that Grand Final series, but it may very well be the decider given how the series has gone at the moment with United having a 2-0 lead and getting back to play 
uh, at home and a very depleted and injury-riddled Perth Wildcats outfit. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have your say on that major news of the day. So just to reiterate and to go through it again, outdoor stadiums up to 50% capacity or up to 25,000 people. So 50% capped at 25,000 people. So that includes the MCG. So from July 1st, subject to public health advice, it's hoped that indoor and outdoor stadiums will be increased to 85%. That includes the MCG, Marvel, Amy Park. Fans don't have to wear face masks when they're in their allocated seats. Um, The MCG and Marvel will have 25,000. And for the A-League, the grand final between Melbourne City and Sydney FC at Amy Park, kick off at around 5.05pm on Sunday, that'll operate at 50%, allowing for a crowd of up to 15,000 to attend. So for the MEL, John Kane Arena can have 5,000 there in what's about a 10,500 capacity stadium for games three to five if required. So game three is Friday night, 7.30pm is tip-off for Melbourne United v Perth Wildcats. Game three, game four if required is Sunday, 5pm. Game five if required is Wednesday at 7.30pm. So on the A-League, the Melbourne City CEO Brad Rouse spoke to Dwayne Russell today and had this to say. Well, just look, it's absolutely relief. It's fantastic. I mean, you can't beat the opportunity to have a, a home grand final um, played at home, so as it should be. Uh, but as you as you know and alluded to, it's it's been a challenge um, in these COVID circumstances um, to, to make it happen. So uh, we're absolutely thrilled and, and delighted that um, after all the uh, tumultuous time in recent days that we've managed to uh, orchestrate the outcome that, that we wanted. So it's fantastic news. Brad Rouse, CEO of uh, Melbourne City, and Mitch McCarran, who's had a, a brilliant season, was All-NBL's second team, uh, starting point guard for Melbourne United, pivotal to their title hopes. He spoke to Dwayne as well uh, after the announcement that crowds would be allowed and a, and a 50% capacity at John Kane Arena. Yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, obviously, uh, I think it's been confirmed that, that we can have uh, more than expected. So, yeah, we're pumped. Obviously, been on the road for so Jerry Whiteley's been really passionate about this and spoke again today in regards to what our expectations should be and his view on the crowd situation and the allocations therein. It seems the A-League Grand Final has been salvaged and the NBL Grand Final Series will have a worthy atmosphere for Melbourne United to cap its stellar season with a 50% crowd threshold for Amy Park and John Kane Arena being anticipated for this weekend. That's a good result from our conversation yesterday. An appropriate and proportional decision by health and government officials to match the circumstances of the state with the importance of major sporting events. Again, zero positive results here today. The 50% crowd threshold with a cap of 25,000 people? Well, that is less commendable. Sam Edmund told us of this compromise late in the program yesterday and amid much tension and numerous high-level meetings, that's how it seems destined to land. To me, it seems arbitrary and contradictory to previous policy. The MCG, our temple down the road, the people's ground, the heart of this city, has been dudded and by extension 50,000 of you who should be able to attend Richmond and St Kilda, followed by Essendon and Melbourne, 
when they meet on Saturday night, uh, Friday night and Saturday night, respectively. Space has previously been an asset when it came to placing crowds at appropriate social distance. Now it seems to be a burden. The MCG's plans and practices around 50% capacity are tried and tested. The ground has successfully dealt with three positive cases in the terraces with no resulting transmission. The stands should have twice as many of you in them this weekend as will be allowed. So it is quite perplexing. That was Jared Waitley speaking today, SEN.com.au, to hear uh, his full show and to download uh, that full monologue on the podcast. But it is quite perplexing, isn't it, that the indoor John Kane Arena has half capacity, so 5,000 people. The smaller, more tightly held Amy Park has 50%. The indoor stadium that is Marvel Stadium has around 43%. Now, we're told that the roof at Marvel will remain open for the two matches this weekend, and all fans aged 12 and above will need to wear a face mask when moving through Marvel and also the MCG, unless they have a medical exemption. And then the biggest stadium we have in this country is only allowed 25%. And I'm tipping that they'll all be in the one area and crammed into the same areas anyway. So it makes, like, I just, I scratch my head and just think I can't understand the rationale, can't understand the reasoning. We don't get an explanation as to why. We just get told this is how it is. And as it's been pointed out, we, I suppose we're conditioned to say, oh, thank you very much. Please, sir, can I have some more? Well, can we have some more? Because that, we saw it at Geelong the other week, GMHBA Stadium, there were empty stands and then there were people side by side, like chock-a-block, shoulder to shoulder. And I'm sure that's, I don't know, but I'm tipping that's what it's going to be like again at the MCG. And maybe that's a cost thing because they don't want to open up all areas of it because then you've got to staff it all. But if that's the case and we're still going to cram people in to be side by side in seats, then what on earth is the difference? What's the point? If you know the answer to that, please feel free to give me a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 your say uh, on the news of the day. Now, we just had uh, so Adrian, who was just trying to call through before and dropped out. Give us a call back. You're probably not hearing anything while you're on hold. We'll get that fixed at the moment. It doesn't mean you've been hung up on. Uh, in the meantime, Dave... Dave's in Turidan, who wants to have a quick chat. Hello, Dave. Yeah, guy, boys. Look... <clears throat> The concussion thing is going over the top, but I look at how many players play with a helmet. Two. Two? Really? Yep. And what's that about? You'd have to ask concussion? them. Well, it's about concussion. And you're going, well, if it's, if it's a legal thing, um, well, surely they've all, all got to bring in the helmets. Uh, Dave, there's, there's. Uh, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. There's been studies done to show that the current helmets that we have that we're wearing in AFL might actually not do anything to prevent concussions, and some studies that are showing that they actually might spread, if that makes sense. So there isn't anything definitive yet in terms of research that says that those things would actually have any impact or, or lessen the effects of what goes on when you you do suffer a concussion or or are preventative of concussions so we're still there's still a bit to do in that space but I appreciate the call uh, nonetheless Kane's in Footscray good day Kane yeah just um with regard to the capacity 25,000 at the G which is only 25% 
versus how many you can have at Marvel. I think part of the, and again, maybe they haven't articulated this, but I'd say part of the rationale is the trains that service the MCG aren't double the size of what goes through Marvel. So if you're getting people in there at the stadium by a train, if you look at the train stations that service the MCG, are quite small, cost of both as well. And then the risk shows that if you're sitting outside, it doesn't really matter if you're too close to people. If you're outside, your less chances are catching COVID if you're stuck in a train, especially if you've got more people in a train all arriving at the same time at a destination, then you're going to have more crowding, more queuing. So I think the fact that you don't have bigger trains, bigger um, train stations, but actually smaller, much smaller train stations, Everything that G didn't do as Eddie had, that'd be a big part of it. Kane, you were just breaking up on me a, bit, a, a fair bit there, but I'm, I, I think I heard the gist of it that we're talking, and there's a couple of people that are texting this through as well, that the reason is because of trains. So public transport's still open, though, isn't it? I mean, is there a cap on how many people can be getting on a train? And that might, that, that, these all might be very valid points, and we'd, I'd love to have them explained to us when we get told these numbers that without explanation, can often just appear as numbers that are pulled out of the air with no rhyme nor reason and can sometimes be contradictory to what we've done previously because we're not doing the same thing now as we were then and we're not really told as to why. We're just sort of told this is it and don't really get much more than that, which I think we're entitled to, aren't we, as voting citizens? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Peter's in Clayton. G'day, Peter. G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm really well, thanks. Mate, I couldn't have put it any better than how you've just put it. And this is my point. We really need the media to start asking questions because it doesn't make sense. Uh, did I hear him say 50% capacity? So it'll be 50% at John Kane Arena. It'll be 50% at Amy Park for the NBL and the A-League, respectively. It'll be 25,000 allowed at Marvel, which is around 43% of its capacity, and it'll be 25,000 cap at the MCG, which is 25% of its capacity. So as per... It's, so it's not 50% of what he was saying then. It's... Whatever number they want to throw it in. So, so they're saying 50%, but it's capped at 25. So it's a blanket 50, but capped at 25. So whatever the capacity of your stadium is, it's whatever's the lesser. Makes about as much sense as saying masks work and then closing all businesses down. That's how much sense it makes. Yeah, and look, there might be a perfectly rational and reasonable explanation to it, Peter. I I'm just would love to know what it is. I'm all ears. I'm, I'm sitting there listening to press conferences and uh, and not really getting the information. Uh, and off the text, Sam, you'll never be able to see logic where there is no logic. And I like this one too. Maybe leave the immunology to the immunologists. You're an expert on putting leather balls through sticks. Maybe stick to that. I asked a question, didn't I? Did I make a statement or did I ask a question? I asked why. <laughs> And if, and if you are happy to live a life where you don't ask any questions of, of decisions that are made by elected officials, then that is absolutely your prerogative. But I think that in the situations we're in, we are, given what we've all been through also, allowed to put our hand up and say, hey, that doesn't make much sense to me. Would you mind explaining that? 
Um, these aren't dictatorships. We are allowed to ask you questions. I never said to be, uh, I never claimed to be an epidemiologist. I never claimed to be an expert in anything. But thank you for your text nonetheless. And as Jerry pointed out to a caller today, that's almost akin as saying, what would you know about footy you've never played at the highest level? Um, it's a pretty closed-minded view. But thank you for sharing it nonetheless. 0433981116. Seriously, caller just gave you a reason you pretend you can't hear him. I actually, the line was breaking up. I did say I think you were saying because it's about the trains. Save your conspiracy theories, please. I was clearly saying that I just couldn't hear the person correctly. I've read out texts that have said that it's due to transport. I wasn't being dismissive, but geez, aren't we sensitive? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Philby in St Kilda. G'day, Philby. G'day, Philby. G'day, mate. Uh, that previous call it did actually steal a bit of my thunder. Transport issue is a component of it. Sure. Um, an immune pharmacologist described it to me over the last couple of days. It's actually about the total quantum of movement across the city. So the volumes of people that are moving from a range of places at one time, they're looking to limit that. They're looking to be able to limit also, and primarily, the amount of people converging in one place so that is there, if there is an issue, then it can be tracked back quickly. So it's actually not necessarily about limiting the spread of it. It's actually about the ability for authorities... Uh, you know, immunologists um, to be able to then track it down following that. So, Philby, why then have we had examples and situations where we've had 50, 85, and we've done that fine, and, yep, there was a couple of cases, but there wasn't any transmissions from being at the footy. So why was it okay then but not now, do you think? I think they're concerned about the, the change in the variant that exists. So this thing changes its mind... Well, it doesn't change its mind. It, 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 it changes. It changes the way that it moves, and I think the scientists would actually—well, not the scientists. I'm pretty sure that the medical experts would be straight up around the fact that they don't know exactly everything about how this mind moves, and they are concerned about that. So, what they're trying to do is minimise risk. So, this is about risk. It's actually not about harm prevention to enable us to be able to live our lives as freely as we possibly can. But in the event that something goes wrong, and they expect stuff to go wrong again that the authorities can actually track it down and stop it getting uh, out, of, out of hand again. That's the, that's the understanding I have it. I'm, I'm, I'm not an, uh, an immunologist or an immune pharmacologist. I've had it explained to me that way. I do have some understanding of the systems that sit behind this, and they're imperfect, but um, there, there has to be sort of some sort of controls around this. No, absolutely. It would seem, though, that we are absolutely erring far more on the side of caution than most other states. Would that be fair, though, Philby? Oh, that's a question that I think uh, a journalist should be putting, and they do continue to put to, to our uh, chief health officer, but it would appear that way. I actually think the caller before said about the media. Um, I, I strongly believe that we're not getting all the information that we actually want as citizens of Victoria because there's a persistence in certain journalists, not all, wanting to pursue headlines and actually wanting them to bring down politicians as opposed to actually getting to the heart of what the real information is. And that's why we have misinformation around. But uh, I think it's fantastic to ask the question and I think we need to be asking more questions and more informed questions that actually provide information to the community, not 
uh, be used as political leverage. Philby, thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Call any time. one Kaz, Jack, Steve, Lou, Tom, you're all up on the other side of this. Time on SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on. Uh, some spirited stuff to get us going tonight in regards to the crowd allowances as restrictions continue to ease. Uh, we're allowing 50% uh, at John Kane Arena for the NBL uh, Grand Final Games. Uh, we're allowing 50% at Amy Park for the A-League Grand Final, which is absolutely fantastic for both uh, of those codes and for the teams uh, obviously based in Melbourne who are going to get to play in front of some home crowd. Uh, we are just curious as to the decisions that get made about only allowing 25 to the MCG uh, and It'll be 25 to Marvel as well. And we've had a few people ring up and explain that that's because they're trying to keep so many people out of public transport. I'm wondering for those who are catching public transport, how busy is it of peak hour? So to and from work now that we are allowed back into our offices, obviously most people still encouraged to work from home, but is it already busy on the trains or is it still pretty uh, desolate on public transport? I'd be curious to know as well. The AFL have confirmed the following on-sale times for matches at the MCG and Marvel for round 15. Um, AFL and club members to receive priority access to the tickets for these matches. So clubs are going to get in touch with the members on ticketing access and a general public on sale will be communicated if applicable. So um, the round 15 uh, game at Marvel Stadium, the final start times for the matches are going to be confirmed shortly, but for... Richmond and St Kilda at the MCG, tickertech.com.au. So the sale times, Thursday 3pm for AFL members, Thursday 4pm for Richmond members, Thursday 5pm for St Kilda members. Uh, please note generally, uh, please note currently no general public on sale for this match. For Collingwood and Fremantle at Marvel, Ticketmaster are in charge of that one. Thursday 12pm AFL members. Thursday, 1pm Collingwood members. Thursday, 4pm Fremantle members. And Friday, 9am general public for that one. Uh, for Essendon and Melbourne, that's a Ticker Tech game. 9am Friday AFL members. 10am Friday for Essendon members. 12pm Friday for Melbourne members. No general public uh, on sale. For that one, Giants and Hawthorne, the game that was moved to the MCG. Sunday, Ticker Tech. Friday, 9am AFL members. Friday, 10am Giants members. Friday, 12pm Hawthorne members and 2pm for the general public. Um, on Sunday, Carlton and Adelaide at Marvel. Ticketmaster, that one. 12pm Thursday for AFL members. 1pm Thursday for Carlton members. 4pm Thursday for Adelaide members. And 9am Friday is where the general public can try and get some tickets to that one. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jack's in Adelaide. G'day, Jack. G'day, Sammy. Um, I'm loving the chat and the conversation. I think you're spot on. If we live in this country, we've got a right to question and, and you know, ask for more information rather than accept everything just put towards us. It's really important, especially with this whole COVID thing, is to, you know, um, try to uncover as much info as we can. And so we know, so we're fully informed, you know. And I think we have to, once we get all the information, is... Um, have a step back and think to ourselves how lucky we are also to be able to go to the footy when, you know, even around all the world, you know, it still isn't happening as much as it would like to be happening. And um, 
no matter what the cup was, I think everyone would have a complaint over it, uh, whether it's less or more or et cetera. But I just think we're so lucky to have the, you know, the opportunity to, um, with this sport you know, um, and it's just really important that we look at it from a positive perspective. Uh, thank you, Jack. I really appreciate your thoughts. And not everyone was upset. Dwayne Russell spoke today saying, no, he thinks that's uh, all well and good and, and we should just be thankful that we have got some uh, allocation to go back to the crowd. And I absolutely understand that side of things as well. And the other great point that's being made, uh, and I've made this point uh, before we went into the most recent lockdown, is we aren't often getting close to those capacities anyway. I mean, we've had some pretty poor attendances this year and I totally understand the reasons why I understand that for, for a lot um, especially those who have been affected work-wise that it's a cost thing for others it's just in the too hard basket um, and too difficult for them uh, those who where the technology required uh, isn't in their wheelhouse so I certainly understand that so we, we do try and look at it from both sides of the equation so when we do get back to 85 are we even going to get close to filling that I suppose it would just be great to have the choice sooner rather than later and maybe we are just getting frustrated because we feel like we have to continue to do the right thing continue to do the right thing continue to do the right thing and and we just seem to be held back maybe more than any other state because we have had the worst of it here so those feelings are absolutely natural as well but i'm often quite bemused by the fact that just because i ask a question of our current government that people automatically assume that i'm some right-wing uh, tyrant, it's quite humorous. Um, I do find that very, very funny indeed. And, and for people that know me, they'll get an even bigger laugh out of that one. Tom in Ballarat, g'day to you, mate. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Look, I'm, uh, I'm incensed, and uh, for anybody to criticise you, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it makes common sense. The things that you've said are the things that 90% of football followers would be, would be thinking. And, um, I mean, I've an MCC member. I'm a Melbourne supporter. Um, I went on the ticket. I don't know whether uh, I'm allowed to go, whether the, it didn't seem... When when do we apply for a, a, a ticket, if so, we can? So what um, what, what game are you keen to get to, Tom? Melbourne Essendon, Melbourne Essendon game as an MCC member. Right, so Melbourne Essendon, you're an MC... Yeah, it... <laughs> The list I've got here doesn't say MCC, but the MCC have sent out an email today to all members about the, the ticketing. So just get onto your email, Tom, and you should have uh, an explanation there from the no, I MCC. Any, I definitely didn't get any email from them, but I mean, that, uh, I mean, it. it it, well, you've, you've got some time. You've got some time because tickets don't go on sale for that game until Friday. So I would I would oh, bet my bottom dollar that between now and Friday you will get an email. And if not, then just get in touch with them. They're pretty helpful uh, whenever you need a hand. No, yeah. it's, not an, it, it's, not, it's not an issue. I, I'd probably break the gun and, <laughs> and try to get a, a ticket because when you're a Melbourne supporter, um, you really want to get to the footy at the moment. We've had... We've had a lot of... We've waited a long time to be going this well. Yeah, we have, Tom. Um, but hopefully you can get there on the weekend, mate. Enjoy. <laughs> OK, good on you. Thank you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. So I've just got another press release that's come through from uh, the AFL. So the update to round 15 is as follows. So Saturday's Collingwood Frio match at Marvel will now commence at one forty-five. 
formally 4.35. So this ensures that Frio is able to return to WA immediately after their game. On arrival to Perth, Frio will commence a quarantine period with permission to train and play in line with West Australian Government directions. On Saturday night, Port v Sydney, that'll commence now at 4.35pm instead of 7.40pm. That's Eastern Standard Time, 4.05pm Adelaide time at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday. So both clubs and officials involved have agreed to strict travel arrangements and other protocols as approved by the South Australian State Government. The Sydney Swans will fly in and fly out of Victoria for the match on Saturday via charter plane. Sunday's Carlton v Adelaide match at Marvel will now commence at 4.10pm, formally 4.40. This allows Adelaide to fly in and fly out of Victoria on the same day. So Travis Old reinforced that the priority of the AFL continues to be the safety and well-being of the community and that the league would continue to make decisions guided by the directions and advice of state governments and health experts. He said, while we continue to navigate challenges as a result of the ongoing pandemic, our aim remains to maintain the matchups as fixtured. We'll continue to closely monitor the situation across the country and we thank everyone in the game for their patience and understanding as we work through finalising arrangements for round 15. Teams have dropped for tomorrow night. Uh, I'll read out those to you and we'll hear from Paddy Dangerfield, Dave Matthews as well. There's plenty of big names. Alistair Nicholson, the CEO of the Coaches Association as well. Your say on the news of the day, one 736 736 Time on, of course, for our very good friends at Essendon. GWM Havel, the Essendon Renault Traffic Sales event, is now on. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, the Essendon Renault Traffic Sales event is now on. 600 Mount Alexander Road. Uh, the teams are in for tomorrow night. Really looking forward to this game at the Gabba. Brisbane Lions and Geelong. Nice little bit of history that bubbles along between these two, these two teams. The recent games that have been played last time, obviously, down at GMHBA Stadium. Plenty of controversy at quarter time breaks and after the game. The free kick that was there but wasn't paid. And the one-point win to Geelong. Um, Dane Zorko back, the Brisbane Lions skipper after that one match suspension. Reese Matheson has been omitted. Tommy Berry was the medical sub. I'm just tipping he'll be that again. He's been that for several weeks in a row now. Tommy Berry. Marcus Adams will play his 50th game, the former Western Bulldog, mature age recruit. Uh, Lockie Henderson back for the Cats. Mitch Duncan, of course, which was just so disappointing to see him get injured, um, having a really good year when he got back into the side and obviously from injury earlier in the year and He's just so important to that side. Incredibly gifted footballer is Mitch Duncan and anyone that latches onto a tour from outside 50 on an angle it automatically jumps to the top of my favourites list or thereabouts. Um, Quinton Narkel has been omitted. I reckon that'll, I, that'll raise the ire of several Cats fans who are Quinton Narkel fans. Um, it just seems to... Is he out of favour? Is he just not... What's he, what's he not doing? Uh, for, for for Chris Scott, I'm curious. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 So Tom Stewart will play his 100th game as well. Paddy Dangerfield spoke to Jared Waitley today and, and spoke about the previous meeting between the Lions and the Cats. So much changes so quickly in this competition. And, and at that stage, Brisbane were up and down. And you look at their form line now, and they're as, as good as any team in the competition. So we take that for what it is. And um, that's a team in red-hot form who are regaining players and um, they're obviously a huge challenge on their home deck, but it's a ground that, that we enjoy as well. So um promises to be a a great night of footy and hopefully it's a bit warmer than Victoria at the moment. <laughs> yes, indeed. He also spoke uh, as head of the AFL Players Association on the players' COVID response. 
you know, they're, they're pretty pragmatic on what they need to do and, yeah, it's very much, well, it's our turn, so we're going to do it and, um, you know, make a, make a fist of it and perform as, as well as I possibly can. Are you proud of the player group from that perspective, a group that you lead? I think our players have been wonderful with uh, the attitude that they've all taken over the past, you know, 18 months, two years. Um, and that's not to dispel what society by and large has had to go through, but given the circumstances our players have been under, the way that they've prepared themselves, performed, um, it speaks volumes for the, the individual players at these clubs. He also addressed uh, Joel Selwood, who's been uh, under the microscope this week after a couple of unsavoury incidences uh, in the game over the weekend against the Bulldogs. I haven't followed it super closely, but I suspect not. I mean, Joel acknowledged that the first incident was, was a bad look, but at the same time, the, the leg incident um, was a pure accident. So I take that for, for what it is and exactly uh, how, how he says it is. So the conversation uh, often, and Dwayne Russell spoke today about if you're an icon of the game, you don't actually need to say that after Chris Scott uh, reminded people of Joel Selwood's status uh, within the game and leapt to his defence earlier this week. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield, and the conversation then is coming around that, and it's been a catalyst for suspensions v fines. Do fines actually work in these instances to deter players from these acts? Toby Green's already said it doesn't. He can't promise that he won't do it again. So clearly the fines are not a deterrent. We've had a player readily admit that during the week. Paddy Dangerfield spoke about fines v suspension. We were having this discussion a few years ago around when players were suspended and, and some within the media calling for how ridiculous it is that players are missing games for, you know, a tummy tap, tap or whatever it might be. So I think you've got to be careful what you wish for at times. You know, it's a it's a competitive game, and sometimes players um, overstep the mark, and and that's understandable because of what's at stake. But at the same time, like, they're they're only human as well. So I think the current system at the moment, whilst there'll always be different incidences that will arise, by and large, it's pretty good. I think we want to see players missing games when it, it is at times difficult to, uh, I suppose. Um, gauge the, the force in those incidents and it's easy to slow it down in, um, um, you know, slow your, your video down. Absolutely. And players are filthy about it. That make, make no mistake about that. It comes straight out. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no doubt it's a deterrent. I know Benny Cunnington's wife, is, he's got to be careful, Cunnington, because if he does it again, she'll just about string him up. And there's, we've got plenty of players in the, in the same boat. So... Yeah, it certainly is. Paddy Dangerfield speaking today, and that was in regards to fines v suspension. He talked about there that fo the players are filthy uh, about getting those fines. I'll let you be the judge on whether you're on board with what Paddy had to say there. Um, I, <laughs> we've already had. To, I mean, I, that P Paddy might be furious if he gets a fine, and that may very well be uh, a heap of the. That might be exactly where a lot of the players fall with this. But when you hear Toby Green say after getting what was it, one thousand, two thousand dollar fine, when he's on the money that he's on, yeah, can't say that I'll stop me from doing it again. Um, I, 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 <laughs> it's all very well and good to say that the players are filthy. Yeah, you might be, but it's clearly not stopping anything. It's not stopping any of these incidents from happening, is it? 
I'd say they'd be far filthier and that their teammates would be far filthier if they actually missed a game for moments like these, if we really want to eradicate them from the game. James is in Torquay. G'day, James. How are you? Good, thanks. Okay. Um, I, I think that Chris Scott values sort of warrior-type players. That's why he loves someone like Joel Salad because that's the way he plays. And I think uh, Quentin Narkle's problem is his defensive side of his game. Um, and I watched that game last week, and he's probably found wanting a bit in that area. And I mean, the reason Brad Close is getting a game is not so much for kicking goals. It's, it's for retaining the ball inside forward 50, tackling and creating stoppages. And those small forwards, that's their main job, given the, the, the size of the rest of the forward line. And, the, and that's the value of Gary Rowan because he's got such good closing speed and can put pressure on players bringing the ball out of defence. He's much maligned, but he does the job um, for, for the catch defensively, and I think that's where Quinton Narkle can improve his game. Yeah, that might, that might very well be it, James, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And it, it, that went, the moment you started talking about that, I, I just thought of Jared Lyons. Um, that's why he... I think, was shipped on pretty quickly from the Suns. I'm not sure if it was the reason why uh, he wasn't required at Adelaide, but I know that's exactly why they, they uh, decided to get rid of him from the Suns because they didn't think he worked hard enough defensively. And it was the Brisbane Lions that actually said, well, we'll worry about what you can do and we'll work on what you can't. And he's having an All-Australian calibre year and was in the squad, I think, last year. He was certainly one of the Lions' three nominees for their MVP award. And when you look at the fact that Quinton Narkle played... 50% of the game time, I think he came on as the sub. He had 16 disposals uh, in that time. So he can clearly win the footy. But, uh, look, I w won't ever uh, criticise a coach for sticking to team rules and a prerogative, and maybe there's team rules that he's not living to, living up to that uh, he needs to, and hence, you know, account is being he's being held to account and standards are being maintained. So that very well, James, might be the reason. But I did, my mind just did go to Jared Lyons sometimes... What do you give up to enforce those standards? And is Geelong a team that can wear that, given that most of the other, pretty much every player in that team does their defensive work so well? I wonder. But that's obviously one for the coaches, and that's what makes coaching such a tough gig. How much le do you give leeway? Is it one rule for all? Or do you, or do you give some allowances to people? to worry about what they can do rather than what they can't do? Or is it absolutely one size fits all? And, you know, as Matty Nick said in the uh, Making Their Mark documentary, if you don't want to defend, there's the door. It's a curious one, isn't it? Daniel's in Elwood. G'day, mate. Hi, mate. How you going? I'm well, thank you. Hey, I've got a bit of an out-of-the-box one for you, mate. Remember how Brizzy brought Lockie Neal and Link McCartney to, or Link McCarthy to the club? I think it was, what, end of, of 2017 or thereabouts, but they had that relationship from playing juniors and being good mates together. Yep. I wonder if there's an, an off-season possibility of someone looking to reunite uh, Darcy Parrish and Reese Matheson at a club together, who I believe were good mates. And, I mean, love to get your thoughts on that. I think Parrish is off contract. Matheson's in and out of that team. But uh, as a Carlton sport, I mean, I love both those players. I think they both defend, play with good heart from what I've seen this year. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that and if that might be a kind of play that a club might put together. Um, yeah, I, I rate Reese Matheson. He loves 
Loves life at Brisbane, though. He is as invested a player as you will get, and he's wildly popular with the playing group up there. Uh, I don't think he would ever want to leave, even if he is a fringe player at the moment. He absolutely adores the playing group. Um, yeah, you won't find a happier guy at Brisbane than, than Reese Matheson, but I, I do like the thinking because it is what a lot of interstate clubs are doing at the moment. It is, has been part of Brisbane's recruiting policy, uh, and it is what the Suns are trying to do more of now by trying to get players that are linked or have an association and... Um, when they re- recruited Hugh McCluggage, they, they brought Jared Berry as well because those two were, were great mates. Um, and I reckon Cedric Cox had played with them, who's not there anymore. Uh, they brought Alex Witherden at the same time and then they brought Tommy Berry up, which was Jared's brother. So the interstate clubs certainly are looking at those ways, and especially in the non-traditional footy states, as ways to bring pay- players in that aren't just going to take off the first chance they get. Would we see a Melbourne team do it Oh, it's, a, it's an interesting notion, Daniel. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I don't really have an answer for you uh, on that. But Darcy Parrish isn't going anywhere. Uh, Essendon won't let him go. I mean, he's having an all-Australian year. He'd be a smoky for the Brownlow. So that I don't see any way that Essendon let Darcy Parrish go in any circumstances, given the breakout year that he's had this season. So your question might more be, would Essendon bring Reese Matheson? but they do have a surplus of midfielders when they get them all back. Caldwell, obviously uh, Dylan Shield, not too far away. Hey, thanks for this text as well. Higgins was a sub, knuckled the full game. I, I should go and double-check that, but knuckled only played 54% of game time and he had 16 disposals, uh, which was the point uh, that I was trying to make there. Uh, give James a Batoki ham. That's very humorous. We all know that I don't have a Batoki ham. Someone else has mine, though. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll be back to wrap it up uh, on the other side of this time on, and then uh, a special Wednesday edition of Talking City. Uh, the boys are pumped up and ready to roll with Melbourne City in the decider against Sydney FC. Can't wait for that one as well. Still time for your say on the news of the day, though. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic Sales Event now on. Hey, Tommy in Ballarat, uh, we've had a few people call and text through. He's the MCC member that was keen to get to Essendon and Melbourne on Sunday. Apparently the MCC did send out that email this afternoon. There was a link to go straight through to get your tickets, so they're on sale now. So, Tommy, uh, get in touch with the MCC ASAP if you don't have that email in your inbox. Maybe check your junk. It could have gone through to there. Other than that, I'm probably no good for you. I'm a fair Luddite when it comes to all things technology. I'm struggling to keep this uh, studio on air, to be honest, most nights. Uh, but hopefully you can get yourself there and, and get along. Rob's in Ormond. G'day, Rob. G'day, pal. Listen, um, I don't want to take you to task, but if, let's say the, the powers that be, let's say it's um, Daniel Andrews, uh, James Molino, whoever, mm-hmm. get best advice from public servants. This isn't a political decision that the government has taken. They get the best advice off the people they've got at hand, and they've told them that it's going to be 25000 at the MCG. And sure, they've got their bloody reasons. I mean, just trust these people. Because let's face it, the next guy who gets in, the next Premier is going to do exactly the same thing. Uh, Gladys up in New South Wales, she's doing the same bloody thing. We're all trying to get through this rubbish so just tone it down to say okay 25 is the best advice we've got that's all i want to say mate rob thank you appreciate that um what would 
what would upset, what probably frustrates people is that this is the best advice we're getting here, which is different to other advice that people are getting in other states, different to other advice from a federal point of view as well. And I have been exactly like you. I've said the whole way through this, probably up until the last lockdown, let's just do as we're told, let's just do as we're told, let's just do as we're told, let's just do as we're told. But that has a shelf life. And there are other factors to consider in all this too, that for as long as we lock down, I'm conscious of businesses closing all around me. I'm conscious of people that have lost their jobs. I'm conscious of people that have lost their lives. Uh, I'm conscious of every facet and aspect of this. And sometimes you can have uh, paralysis of analysis. So I'm not, all I'm doing is asking questions and asking for explanations, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's not being, you know, that's not being a bad constituent by asking a question. That's just asking for some more information and being curious about why decisions are made. Nothing wrong with being curious. We can all be curious and do it in a respectful manner. This isn't about being disrespectful to health officials. There's people saying, that what right do you have to ask a question? We all have the right to ask a question. So I take your point on, and it's great that we're going to see some people back, and I'm rapt to see 50% for the NBL Grand Finals Game 3 and for Melbourne City and Sydney FC. But we can ask questions. There's nothing disrespectful about doing that. Hey, thanks so much for your company. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.